This is the Horse Radio Network. You're listening to the Athletic Equestrian Riding in College podcast. I'm your podcast host, Sally Batten, and I spent over 35 years coaching collegiate equestrian teams. This podcast is supported in part by the Interscholastic Equestrian Association, now celebrating 20 years of providing competitive opportunities to thousands of youth riders in hunt seat, western, and dressage. Give your rider a leg up into collegiate equestrian sport without the need to own a horse. Membership for the 2022-2023 IEA season will open in June. For more information, visit rideiea.org or follow IEA on social media at rideiea. Welcome back, everyone, to the Athletic Equestrian Riding in College podcast. I'm your podcast host, Sally Batten, and I've been talking to collegiate coaches and riders and organizations and affiliated uh, groups. And today I'm going to talk to the coach and the captain of the University of Wisconsin-Madison equestrian team, And we've been talking um, so far, a lot of the teams that we've been talking to are um, varsity. Uh, There are some that are club, but um, today, in addition to finding out more about University of Wisconsin-Madison team, I want to talk a little bit about club um, equestrian as a club sport and how it fits in. So I have with me today, Andy Bell. Uh, Andy and I go way back to when she was a student at Mount Holyoke College. Yep. And Andy is the head coach and has been riding since she was young, competing at Pony Finals and showing in the 3-6-Eck through her junior years. She attended Mount Holyoke College and competed on their IHSA team, serving as captain her junior and senior years. She now co-owns Sugar Creek Stables LLC with her wife, and teaches both hunt seat and dressage lessons. When not in the barn, Andy is director of the Wisconsin Transportation Information Center and associate director of Traffic Operations and Safety Lab. I don't know what all that means, but maybe (laughs) we can find out. And also joining us is Jamie Fortunato, who is a third year biology major at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. She is also studying public policy and global health. She is from Fairfield, Connecticut, originally, and has been riding since she was eight years old, uh, competing mostly in hunters and jumpers. And she has recently been elected as captain of the team. So welcome, Andy and Jamie, to the podcast. Thanks, Sally. So let's let's start out talking about the... um, University of Wisconsin Madison. Not sure if there's a shorter shorter letters for that. We'll see as we go along. Um, let's talk about the equestrian team. So so let's talk about um, just kind of tell us where the campus is. How big um, is the campus? How uh, the equestrian team fits in? Just kind of tell us all the ins and outs, and I'll let you two kind of decide who's going to say what here. 
Jamie, do you want to start and I'll jump in afterwards? Sure. Yeah, I can talk about uh, how big the campus is, at least because I'm always here. Uh, it feels huge to me. I toured like a bunch of schools before I picked here, but it's pretty big. Like it's a 30 minute walk to one of my classes, which is. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah, it's it feels a lot bigger than it is. And I live on the outskirts of campus, so that definitely doesn't help. But uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to get from place to place. And uh, the question team, it's run at Andy's Barnes. So it's about 40 minute drive, but we do a great job of carpooling everybody out there. So that doesn't seem too bad. Uh, and I don't think the drive is bad at all, but big school, kind of a larger drive than I most, but. And where, where is Madison in the state? Like, are you Northern, Southern? Where are you located? That's more of an Andy question. I don't really know much <laughs> about Wisconsin. We're in the, the south, south Central part of the state. So only about two hours out of Chicago. Okay. That's the problem, right, Jamie? Because these days with GPS, like when I go travel to teach a clinic, somebody will say, where are you? I'm like, I, I don't even know. <laughs> I just use GPS to get me here. I'm terrible at directions. And when it comes to the Midwest, I'm terrible. <laughs> so Andy, why don't you tell us more about the your barn and and the team and how much they've practiced and all of those ins and outs? Yeah. So um, the UW Equestrian team is actually a component of the Hoofer Riding Club. So through the outdoor program office here on campus that has clubs on mountaineering, ski and snowboard, sailing, um, just outdoor. Uh, hiking area, and then scuba, the Hoofer Riding Club does kind of an overarching education on, on horsemanship and different types of other lessons. The UW Equestrian team is a component of that. It's kind of the competitive arm of that. Um, so they do ride at my facility now. At one point, they did have their own barn, but then just due to different changes and things of that sort, they now ride out of Sugar Creek Stables here. Um, as, as Jamie mentioned, we're about 40 minutes south of town here. Um, we have about 25 horses on the property. The team uses a combination of, of our own horses as well as our border horses allow their horses to be used in lessons. It's kind of a win-win. The students get to ride a whole bunch of different horses, but then also for folks who are professionals and can't get out all the time, they know that their horses are being ridden and taken care of by the UW students. And it's really neat to see um, the interaction between the students and the, and the borders as, as they kind of go along with it. Um, the team consists of about 18 folks at this point in time. We're somewhere between 18 and 20. So we're definitely not a huge team that's out there, um, but we are mighty and our, and our kind of energy and our attitude that goes along with it. Um, we're part of zone seven, region three. And we compete with other folks in the Wisconsin, uh, Northern Illinois and Northern Indiana um, kind of area within IHSA. And um, talk a little bit about, I was lucky enough to give a clinic there and wow. I'm from New Hampshire, but I was very cold. So, <laughs> so talk about how the team works. Are, do you um, have them out all winter? What, what, what is the weather that, that, what does the temperature have to be for you to get you to cancel lessons and practice? Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> 
it is probably colder than most people would like. So it's 10 degrees in our indoor that I will cancel because we are kind of a windbreak on, on the indoor side. So I have a thermostat in the indoor. So if it's below 10, I will cancel. Um, right. But we are, we're pretty diehard out here. We will cancel, um, you know, similar to New England when we get those winter storm conditions. So as Sally right. mentioned in my, in my intro, I'm a traffic safety engineer. So get very concerned about driving in winter conditions. So a lot of times it's about more about, you know, are the roads clear or not? Because the team rides right. either first thing in the morning or first thing in the evening. So I give them a lot of credit. They have 7 a.m. lessons so that I can go to work and they can go to class afterwards. Um, so oh which means gosh. that they're getting up at like 5 or 5.30 to get out here to get tacked up for the 7 a.m. lesson. Wow. So, Jamie, the team consumes a lot of coffee. <laughs> yeah, I consume more caffeine than most, I think. <laughs> So did you, I'm sorry if I missed it. Did you say how often, Jamie, why don't you tell me how, how often the team practices and are there tryouts and how does that work? So we have team lessons once a week and then um, we have practices some semesters where it's four practices a semester. And uh, we have tryouts at the beginning of fall and the beginning of spring. So fall is usually a big bunch of people trying out. We had like 25 people last um, fall because we missed for COVID. Right. That was kind of cool to see. And then we have spring tryouts, which is usually a bit smaller. And it just depends on like what divisions we need people for and how many um, open spots we have in the team. Because of horse use again at Andy's barn. It's fun to see. And and so I've, I've heard because we um, compete in the IHSA, varsity teams compete against club teams. So, so Dartmouth was varsity. I had tryouts, I could make cuts, but I've also heard that some clubs have to accept everyone. So is that how it is at, at your school or are there, is Andy able to make cuts? You definitely make cuts. I think just because we have um, a limited number of horses and spots and lessons. So right. we, we do make cuts. I don't know if that's how it's always been in the past, Andy, but as long as I've been here, I've seen that we've made cuts. Yeah. And as I mentioned, uh, the equestrian team is part of the Hoofer Riding Club. So the Hoofer Riding Club doesn't make any cuts for to be part of it. So you can still be a oh, member okay. of that club, but then kind of on the competitive team. Um, and I just say there's kind of that tryout characteristics with it. Okay. And, and how, how does your team do in general in the region? And, and we were just chatting that you did get a rider qualified for nationals. So talk a little bit about the success of the team through the years. So we usually win our region and go on to zones. Um, uh, and then usually we'll make it on to nationals, depending on what's going on there. Um, we were just down in West Texas. Actually, we we're at Texas Tech for zones just a few weekends ago. And um, it was it's each IHSA zone and regions just a little bit different. And so um, coming from the East coast out here, it was a little bit of a learning experience for me and how <laughs> different zones operate and look at things a little bit, but yeah, we usually do win our region, but we have competitive teams with uh, Notre Dame and Iowa state as well as other um, colleges in our area. Right. So, so you went from the most concentrated zone, zone one, where especially <laughs> especially in the Mount Holyoke region, Mm -hmm. you don't need to drive very far even to horse shows and zones, typically Mount Holyoke hosts. Right. So you went from that to the mega zone. So, so I assume you guys are flying to zones. We did fly to zones. Yeah. 
And being a club team, um, unlike again, being at Mount Holyoke, the, the students are paying for all of their, you know, horse show expenses, my expenses, travel expenses, all of that stuff. So it is not for the faint of heart, unfortunately. Um, these team members not only put their blood, sweat and tears into the, the team, but they're also putting in their, their uh, wallets into this as well, too. And so they do a lot of fundraising to, to do that, to make it happen. But, you know, flying down to, to Texas, especially in this time where flights are so expensive, um, was, right. is, is pretty strong, pretty, pretty big commitment on their part. Right. So, um, uh, I was going to ask something about the costs. Um, sorry, I, I lost my train of thought there. So, so talk more, um, Jamie, if you could talk a little bit about, um, the, the club sport aspect and, and how it works because my team at Dartmouth was varsity. I ran the team athletics was the, you know, kind of the support system, but in club sports, uh, the team is, is run by students, correct? So, so tell me besides all of the IHSA forms and, and everything that needs to be done, talk about how a team works within club sports. What, what exactly you have to do. And so we're fortunate enough that, like, as Andy said, we have Hovers as our parent organization. So they're honestly a huge help. And a girl that's uh, president of Hovers is actually on the team. So we work a lot um, hand in hand with Hovers, which helps a lot with the ins and outs of the club. And then I'm recently elected captain. So I know like a little bit about my role, but I run uh, tryouts and then our president does a lot of like the logistics of getting our team registered um like scheduling weekly meetings but yeah i mostly run tryouts i organize team lessons so i'll make all the lesson groups um, oh wow yeah so it's like a bit of juggling everybody's schedule um what else do i do we have um our vice president will organize the driving out to the barn so she'll get driving groups she'll reimburse everybody for gas She'll make all the hotel reservations and transportations to shows. So she's got a lot of on her plate, but um, we all work together really well. So it doesn't feel like there's too much on my shoulders at times, but I'm also a social and fundraising chair. So it does get to be a lot at times. And that that is what I was going to ask that I forgot a, a couple of minutes ago. So fundraising, what what types of things do you do through the year? So our big thing is that we make an apparel form. So um, a lot of those proceeds go to us. I think like 20% of our apparel form goes to us. In the past, we've done more. I think it's been hard these past few years because of COVID. And then, um, so my friend and I were running as fundraising chair and social chair. So it's been kind of a lot to balance. But I think next year we're going to do more of like restaurant socials, which will be nice. Um, Chipotle does a social where you'll go and you'll get 20% of food uh, profits back to the team. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we have a lot of ideas. It's just the time to execute them is not as large. And and what, what is the thing that you said? Apparel form? Yeah. So we'll um, make like sweatshirts and shirts and pants with our Wisconsin equestrian logo on them and uh, we use the Haggerty's website and then we'll sell it back to the team. And I think 20% of what we sell will go back to us. Uh, got it. Yeah. Let's give a little shout out to, to Haggerty's. It's called it's a Haggerty's H A G G A R T Y S. And they have super affordable sun shirts. 
<laughs> and other apparel for teams. And, and they, they work with my athletic equestrian league too, but, but yeah, they, that's a, that's a great company to be associated with. Yeah. So, so Andy, this, this sounds like a win-win all those things that she said that they, <laughs> that they do as uh, students for the club are things that I had to do <laughs> as, as coach. So you get to just teach just sit back and relax with the, no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, so I, I teach, but I, I try to help mentor them as well, too. And, and sometimes it's hard because I they do have so much on their plate um, that I would like to take some of it off so they could focus on more of the riding component Got to it, it. And, and things of that sort. But, you know, some, that's just a, a balancing act between where's my role, what's their role. And um, through the Hoofer Riding Club, there are advisors on that side as well, too, that kind of help manage the you know, all the contracts and the rules and regulations right. and, and things of that sort. And so it, it is definitely trying to um, figure out where, where can I best support the students, right? And that's really, I feel my role and then our volunteer coaches roles too, is, is to say, not only we want to support you in your lessons, but we want to make sure that you are having a good college experience and you're not getting burnt out or uh, frustrated and kind of, you know, sometimes we don't do well on that. Sometimes we need to do better, but just trying to figure out how to make manage all of those competing priorities. Right. And does your team host uh, horse shows? We do. Well, I usually host one in the fall for sure. And then um, like next year, we will be hosting regionals as well. Oh, okay. Does regionals move around to different schools? It does. Nice. Yep. And in our shows, because people are traveling so far, again, a difference in the, in the zones is we will do two shows on a weekend, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. Um, so folks will usually travel in on Friday night. Um, and then we do our two shows and people will travel back on, on Sunday. Um, so when we go down to Iowa State for us, it's about a five hour drive. Right. Ish. And then over to Notre Dame, it's about the same. Um, so we kind of so in the fall, we have a lot of very busy weekends because, um, as you mentioned, how cold it is up. Yeah, there are, like, differences in the in the regions a little bit in the zones is oh, we have about we'll do six to eight shows in the fall and then maybe one to two or sorry, two to oh. four shows, depending on what's going on in the spring. Oh, my gosh. Jamie, how do you have time to do anything else? <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot it's a balancing act for sure it's it's hard to get uh school work done sometimes i'm doing work in the car on plane yeah at a show at four in the morning it, right. it's hard sometimes wow and what about um uh, uh you don't do recruiting because it's it's a club sport but andy do, do you Ever have students contact you ahead of time that say, I really want to be part of the um, equestrian team? Do they send videos or is it all just walk-ons? You know, you just see everybody when they come. Um, no, we definitely have people that come and contact me in advance, especially when they're looking at colleges. Um, they want to know more about the team and what does the program offer and, and things of that sort. So I will meet with prospective students um, or talk to them on the phone through that process and kind of just let them know what it's about. And, you know, um, being in the IHSA world for as long as I've been, it's, it's you know, seeing also where they're also they're applying and kind of talking about pros and cons or differences between the different programs with it as well, too. Um, so I definitely talk to them 
beforehand if they if they reach out. And then also um, the first couple of weeks of the semester are pretty busy for team captain, team president, and then the coach as well. Right, right. And and to, does your school start in like August or early September or when? This is the first week in September. I think it's Labor Day weekend. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So but it's, it's actually later than a lot of the other universities. Um, so be because of the timing and because of we're trying to get all of these shows in between like October and November. Um, right. And then the, the other thing that uh, is, is in different between the, the different um, uh, zones is we're, we are also looking at weekends because a lot of our, a lot of the other colleges have both Western and English and the coaches do both. Oh so we have to make sure that when we schedule our shows, we're not overlapping a Western show. Um, mm. And so it gets to be, uh, Julie Mann's our, our regional president. So she's good about trying to keep track of all of that, you know, all of these different dates and things of that sort. Um, so like our Iowa State team does both, UW Platteville does both, um, Augustana, Julie's team does both. And so, I mean, I, I don't know how they balance it because they're doing both Western shows and English shows all throughout the fall. Um, but it just is another complex situation for the fall. So, you know, we'll do tryouts and then in some years, I mean, in, in some years, we've actually had almost no full lessons before we've had to run our first show. Um, oh, just because it, it takes it takes that long to kind of get things organized and set up through that process a little bit. So there's always kind of a mad scramble. Um, we try to as plan as best as possible so that folks know before before they come in kind of when tryouts were going to be and things of that sort. Right. So you, you've sometimes had the first time that you're seeing them ride is in a horse show? Sometimes. Interesting. How, how does that work from the coach's perspective? <laughs> um, you know, so I, I look at them a lot in tryouts and see if they've had experience in IEA or AEL. Right. Um, if they've had that experience, then I, I feel a little bit more comfortable with them out there. And then um, if it's before our home show, you know, I have Friday to school to kind of see how things are looking and, and organizing it that way a little bit. But yeah, it's always a little interesting to see how it is. And you know, it's IHSA rules are are different than other rules too. So it's it's the small things of like don't pick up your reins before you go in the ring. You right. can't use your spurs right. versus these spurs. And it's sometimes I feel like it's a, a a fire hose of rules out to all the all the students being there just trying to absorb it as fast as they can. And you know, the students like you know Jamie's been on the team all um, all three years and then all four years next year, and so she'll be able to help with the rules and things of that sort. But man, it's it's a lot. Yeah. Wow. And uh, anything you want to add to that, Jamie, about uh, getting to know people at the, the day that you're showing? <laughs> we get to know each other pretty quick. I feel like a show environment's like pretty inducive to making friends. So I feel like we all get to know each other pretty quick. We support each other. I mean, we right. make, yeah, I feel like the f- freshmen and new members really like the shows because that's where they get to like make their friendships. Yeah. So I think it's, it's a good environment. So even if we don't know people, it feels like, you know, people there, you're all going through the same nerves. Right. Right. And, um, Jamie, what's, uh, are most of the students at Wisconsin from the Midwest? I know you're from Connecticut, but you know, kind of what's the, what's the general makeup of the population? To me, it feels like a lot of students are from the Midwest, just because I feel like I'm looking for people from the East Coast. But we have a girl from Maryland and a girl from Boston on our team. So that feels kind of like home for me. Um, But yeah, there's there's a lot of Midwest, I think, 
most of my friends are from Midwest or around there. So I think there's, it's a big student body. So I think there's definitely a lot of people from the East Coast, but I don't meet them often. Anything when you were a first year, anything (laughs) that you had to get used to? For instance, I grew up in Ohio and then Mm -hmm. I moved to New Jersey and then New England. So when I first moved to New Jersey, I said pop and they're like, what is pop? And from now I say soda. So anything else that you had to get used to? I just, I like the always thing I always talk about, I'll bring my friends home is how nice everybody's here at like coffee shops and grocery stores. Like everybody will go out of their way to have a conversation with you. Whereas at home, I feel like they're just trying to push you out the door. Like nobody wants to talk to you. So a funny story is my roommates from somewhere in Wisconsin, I think lacrosse. And she, uh, went to a coffee shop in my hometown and she starts talking to the person. She's like, hi, how are you? Uh, like, how's your day going? The person just looks at her and she goes, what can I get you? And like pushes her out the door. Uh, so that's what I'm used to. So whenever I'm in coffee uh, shops, sometimes I feel like I want to push out of there. And then other times right. I'm like, this is kind of nice, right. but yeah, yeah, it's different. Yeah. I went from slow paced life in Ohio to super fast and <laughs> lots of people in New Jersey and then back to slow paced. Yeah. <laughs> So um, why don't we spend the the last few minutes of our podcast um, finding out more about each of you. So Jamie, why don't you, you start, you, you um, talk more about how you started riding and also your college search and how you ended up at Wisconsin. Yeah. So I uh, started riding in elementary school in third grade. So it's kind of a funny story. I couldn't read very well in third grade and I didn't really know how to write. So I got a tutor and in the backyard of my tutor's house she had a Shetland and too many ponies and I didn't like I don't know I just kind of fell in love with it and I did chores for like a few years and that was like my favorite thing in the world I would bring like my friends over and we'd do chores together I think I'd stay there for like four hours every day and I took care of them like four days a week so I fell in love with that and the lady who was tutoring me got me into riding around the east coast so I did a lot of ponies. Uh, I showed a lot when I was a kid in short syrup, which was fun. I moved up to doing three-foot children's hunters. Um, did a lot of hunters. And then when it came time to search for colleges, uh, I just kind of applied everywhere. So I knew I wanted a bigger school. So I applied to like 14, 13 schools. I applied to anywhere in Texas. I was in California <laughs> applying. I don't. I didn't know what I wanted, but... Um, when I got into Madison, I toured here, I knew I wanted to do research and this is a very good research university is good for my major. And I also looked at equestrian teams. So I saw like a tour Georgia's equestrian team and I knew I didn't like it. So I took that, that school off the list. So okay. equestrian team is definitely a factor. Um, yeah. I do like riding in college, but yeah, it was kind of a random decision to come here, but I'm glad I made it. So you did a bit of the dartboard approach. Let's just throw the <laughs> throw the darts at, yeah. see where they land. Uh, and it's it's what I it's what I always tell students is choose the school first, and then once you get in, then you can choose the equestrian team. It kind of sounds like that's what you yeah do. yeah. And how about you, Andy? Where where did you grow up, and and how did you start riding and um, all that? Yeah, I, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. So another Ohio native like oh, Sally. Oh, I didn't know that. That's why yeah. I like you so much. Exactly. We got that Midwest over to the East Coast vibes and then, yeah. and then back. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I grew up 
uh, my sisters are 10 years older than me. And so they did the metal McClay stuff. So I grew up around horses. I actually have a picture of my mom when she was pregnant with me in a, a costume class. She was a pumpkin patch and her belly was the pumpkin uh, and that was me. So yeah. I've been riding before I was born, but started showing competitively when I was seven, a lot in the the pony ring, just like, like Jamie a little bit, and then moved up to the, the metal McClay junior stuff. And unlike your advice, I did look for the riding program first and then picked okay. the school. So I went to Mount Holyoke and, and part of it too, was I, I know I needed a little smaller school, um, to, to be a part of that had a strong science program as well, which Mount Holyoke definitely does, but their, their riding program is what uh, kind of pulled me in a little bit even though I didn't think I was going to try out my first year because tryouts are so intimidating, ended up doing it um, due to other folks on other kind of um, people on my floor and then loved it. And then continued on with the IHSA world even after it. Cause I do feel it's such a great program to help kids transition to riding in college. And the fact that you have intro riders up to open riders all for the same points and then all competing on, you know, similar levels of horses. So it's not about how much money you bring to the table or who your trainer is. It's, um, you know, how well can you ride given these circumstances? And so had the opportunity to, um, do that. And then after I moved from the Massachusetts area, my first step was always looking to see where there was alumni. Um, and that's how I kind of got involved in the writing programs, both in, in Maryland. And then also when I moved out here to Madison was I started writing alumni to meet the horse world and see who was, you know, who's where, and, um, yeah. you know, kind of the, you know, IHSA world is the horse world in general, small, but the IHSA world is definitely small. So, you know, who's around and what to look at with it. So that's how I got kind of involved in it and have kept on going and feel very passionately still about the IHSA and making sure that we continue it. So it's legacy continues and lives on. Right. And, and I know that, that you won't brag, so I'm going to push you to brag. Talk a little bit about your success when you were a student at Mount Holyoke. Yeah, so I mean, we were um, national champions, and then as I was alumni, I got to be a national champion in both uh, flat and fences um, several years, too, so um, had that opportunity, so really appreciative of CJ and all of her hard work, but also um, all of the hard work of everybody else around me. Right, right. Well, thank you both so much for being on the podcast. It was great to find out more about University of Wisconsin-Madison and also both of you. So thanks for being on the podcast. The Masterson Method is a unique interactive method of equine bodywork. The Masterson Method gives horse owners, riders, and trainers the tools and techniques they need to help release tension in their equine partner. This release of tension can improve performance, longevity, communication, and trust between you and your horse. Contact us today at www.mastersonmethod.com to find out more about our weekend seminars, book, and videos. Thank you for listening to the Athletic Equestrian Podcast. If you'd like more information on this podcast or any of our other podcasts, you can contact me at athleticequestrian@gmail.com. at gmail.com. This podcast was produced by Jack Boyata, and the music is by Kitcher. Mm-hmm.